boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. And g'day from JT. Welcome to another edition of Talking Greyhounds for this uh, 13th, uh, 14th day of April 2018. Gee, what, uh, the year's flying by. Simone Fisher, howdy, Simone. Good morning, John. It certainly is flying by, but uh, gee, we've got a bit of a breather, haven't we, from all this group racing that's been so exciting. We finally get a chance to just... Uh Take a bit of a rest. We do indeed. Before, <laughs> of course, we have the uh, the carnival down at Warrnambool, the Bill Collins Speed Star, the RSN 927 Sandown Cup. So just a little little refresh button for us uh, to press for the next couple of weeks. What is on our show today? Today I'll be talking to GRV Chief Grader Andrew Mills about the new aged prize money structure in regards to grading. And also I'll be talking to a lady called Pam Higgins about her pet greyhound that recently saved a life. It was a great story. Looking forward to hearing that one uh, later in the program. But first we better see what's been making news around the sport this week. Well, the biggest news, of course, John, as you know, is that GRV CEO Mr Alan Clayton has been reappointed CEO of the industry for the next two years. So, um, you're obviously, it's, it can be contentious for some people, but you know, he's the driving man for the next two years. So let's try and make the most of it and, um, take this industry forward where it needs to go. Congratulations to you, Alan. He's done a fantastic job with Bernie and the whole board through the most difficult era the Greyhound Racing has faced, not only in Victoria, but around the nation. And there's no doubt the Victorian racing in the Greyhound sphere is miles ahead of any other state. It is. It's playing always catch me if you can, mm. uh, but at least it provides a benchmark, doesn't it, for other states yes. to, you know, try and emulate. Try It gives them some sort of a, a guideline of where they need to go uh, mm. to survive. So not an easy job at all. Indeed not. So well done to you, Alan. I'm sure we'll catch up with Alan soon on the program. What else has been making news? After breaking the track record in the heat of the Maitland Cup last week, uh, the Richmond Derby winner Hone In started favourite in the Maitland Cup final on Thursday night but had to settle for second place behind the Jason McKay-trained Aston Duke, who is a little brother to Aston DB. Mm. Another Victorian track record was broken this week with Peter Dapper and Circus Oasis lowering the 410 metre record at Horsham. He ran 22.90. It was previously 22.96, so almost a length there. I know that the record has consolidated quite a bit mm. over the last few months, but uh, finding a length, not an easy task. Uh, the GOTBA held their super night at Sandown on Thursday night. The winner of the $12,000 GOTBA Cup final was Chief Sidekick. He ran second in the launching pad. I mm. think we'll see more from that chaser. Indeed. A strong Victorian contingent are headed west this weekend to contest heats of the Perth Cup tonight and heats of the Galaxy. Strike a light, uphill jewel, Hecton Vale amongst others are representing our state and will do so very well, I think, over the sprint. And also Tornado Tears and Rip and Sam will be representing us over the 715 metre distance there. The Longwood Coursing Club are holding a catch-on-to-coursing meeting tomorrow at the beginning of the coursing season, which aims to provide trainers with information about coursing if they've never coursed before and to get a real feel for it. It's just mm. such a lovely, relaxed atmosphere. The season concludes on August the 14th with the final of the Waterloo Cup, so not an overly long season for coursing. Uh, refurbishments at Warrnambool will be happening from May to August after the May Race Carnival there. So meetings will be held between Ballarat, Bendigo, Horsham and Geelong. So you can check the website for full details there. And the follow-on lure at Geelong is being introduced now on the inside track. Uh, the club feel that it's been very successful mm. on the outside track. That will commence on April the 24th. 
Comprehensive uh, news report there from Simone Fisher. We should get you into our newsroom uh, midweek, <laughs> Simone. Well, well played. Let's uh, let's hit the phones now. We'll have a chat to Andrew Mills, who, of course, is the chief grader out at GRV. What's making news around the kennels? Good morning, Andrew. Thanks for joining us on Talking Greyhounds this morning. Um, you've got one of those jobs that's probably... Not what everyone would want to do. You are the chief grader at GRV and there's been some big changes. How are you this morning, Andrew? Yes, I'm well, thanks, Simone, and uh, thanks for having me on. Great to have you. Long overdue, I think, but um, not to worry. There's plenty happening now because Greyhound Racing Victoria are introducing a new grading system that's based on age to prize money. Can you just tell us what that's all about? Yes, Simone, what, um, what we've introduced is a, a new meeting type that, that really looks... Uh, trying to simplify uh, the selection processes. And this is an alternative way to try and increase um, opportunities for grounds. And, and what it looks at is the dogs uh, that have won some prize money. Um, we take that, uh, we apply an equation to that. So we take 100% of their money earned in the last 30 days, uh, then 80% of the 30 to 60 days, and it slowly decays off until we get down to dogs that have won money say 12 months ago, we only take sort of 2% of that value. And that builds a, a, uh, a figure uh, called the APM value, and we apply that to a, to a new meeting type for selection. So what's brought about, about these changes, Andrew? Um, well, GRV has made a commitment some time ago um, to try and explore opportunities of a racing stock and try to increase those chances of, uh, to continue racing again, you know, on all levels, uh, both locally and nationally. And um, whereas historically we just catered for the very best and, and it was more top-down uh, selection uh, with little or no consideration for the uh, those that weren't quite up to the up to the, the elite level. So um, we see this as a, as a good opportunity to explore and um, we hope that this will uh, help assist those uh, dogs that are struggling to gain a start and also helps uh, those dogs that might get stuck in their, their top grading in the country and they're relying on other other nominations to uh, to gain a start at their local track. Are you still going to have your normal graded races that we're used to? Yeah, we will in, in the um, in the interim while while we trial this this method. Um, hopefully, it's it's uh, it's successful and and we're well received. Um, but we need to maintain the current program just in case that we've missed something. We don't believe we have, but uh, we're looking to explore this opportunity, and then um, we'll, we'll slowly progress it out. Uh, over the coming months. The Tier 3 or the introduction of Tier 3 racing has been very, very successful as well. So is it going to benefit these greyhounds as well, Andrew? Or like you mentioned, the top level of dogs that you were catering more for, is it going to benefit them? Or can you see it across the board for every every dog? Yeah, well, with, with regards to the Tier 3, they're, they've got, it's got certain conditions against it where the dogs must be have a ranking of 250+. plus. Um, and must have competed at, at Victorian tracks and some uh, interstate tracks. And they can also have, um, you know, it's certainly been a positive for nominations and is very popular. Um, but it does have those those few restrictions on it that uh, can hinder dogs, whereas the APM model just looks at the prize money one of the dog. Um, if some time ago, obviously, um, depending on the values, and we can apply sort of limits to the these APM meetings, so say, um, our, our upcoming ones are, are capped at two thousand dollars APM. So those dogs that are less than that value, 
uh, can play at these meetings. And we can drop that down to 1,000 APM, 500 APM. You know, we'll, it, we'll just monitor the, uh, the population and, and make adjustments as required. Um, it's sounding a little bit Greek to me, Andrew, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're across it. But uh, in regards to greyhounds that you mentioned before with the sliding scale, I can see a great benefit for a greyhound that may have been out for 6 to 12 months with injury, a serious injury perhaps that may have a lot of prize money. It, instead of it starting back up in top grade, it, it sounds like it can come back in at that lower entry level. Yeah, that's one of the, the true benefits of it. Um, you know, we often see... Uh, our up-and-coming stars, and um, you know they they win some good good quality races, uh, restricted win races, age restricted races, and then um, you know they have a bit of a mishap on the track, or, or for whatever reason they need some time off to recover. Uh, to recover, um, it gives that opportunity with that sliding scale of decay, um, allows the um, the money value to drop down, and allows those those dogs that uh, you know may have lost a couple of yards. Uh, with the time off, um, can come back into the play, and if they if they're successful, sure they'll they'll jump straight back up again because they'll start winning. You know, if they're winning prize money, they'll go up. But if it, if they're at that level, well, they'll they'll maintain that level, and uh, that's where they'll stay for uh, until they you know either improve or, or at least they'll be competing against like for like dogs. That sounds like a great great benefit of this. So how will it affect? Young dogs, just for instance, that have, say, won the launching pad, um, you know, yeah. it only maybe six, eight, ten starts have won $150,000. So how's that going to affect them? Because that will put them into a big, a higher bracket then, won't it? Yeah, it will. Um, as, as it is driven by prize money, um, a dog like Beast Unleashed, who picked up the 150000 um, he's going to be right up the top of the tree, even though he's only won the, the sort of six or seven races. But he's also established his grade at Sandown anyway, um, he's now a grade one there, um, so he's going to be meeting the big boys uh, when he goes to play there again anyway. So, um, But that's really an option for trainers. Um, if, if it, uh, they've really got to plan out their race program, so if you're happy to pinch your, your grade sevens and grade sixes in town and earn that big money, uh, that's going to bump you up, up the list for future starts. So it's a bit of a plan um, uh, on behalf of the trainers, but um, you know, if you've got the next fan of bail, well... Uh, they'll soon realise their true potential anyway, regardless of which method we use. Absolutely. So when are we going to see these changes occur, Andrew? Um, We've got two meetings scheduled in May. Um, Geelong will be hosting the first restricted one um, on the 10th of May. Uh, That's capped at uh, an APM of 2,000 or less. And then we've also got another one at Ballarat on the 31st of May. So we'll try these meetings out, see how they go. And um, obviously... We hope they're successful and uh, trainers, um, you know, support them. Um, and then we'll look at uh, introducing more sort of June, July, um, if, if they work out. And it'll also identify any any uh, any parts that we may have missed along the way. But we think we've got it covered. And how can trainers access this information? Does it come up on their fast track when they're nominating? Is there any change to that nomination process? No, not really, Simone. Um, the... APM value is, is published against all dogs' records, and both trainers and, and and you know anyone interested can look up a dog's form on the Fast Track website, and you'll see the APM value there. Um, we also introduced or modified our form guides to to show that value as well um, against every dog that's engaged in a meeting. So um, both punters and and trainers and whoever's interested can see the values against the dogs, and you can sort of see sort of drives which race 
you're in or, and why you're in that race, uh, right. given that value. Well, it sounds like you're always looking to do something to cater to the participants and to the trainers and to their concerns and uh, bring in new methods. So, Andrew, look, best of luck with it all. Um, I'm I'm sure you've thought out all the troubleshooting, but hopefully it is smooth sailing. And um, yeah. But, look, you've got to do these things, don't you, to, to know whether you're heading in the right direction or whether it is a better system. Yeah, well, we've sort of with our current systems, there's a, there's a bit of a confusion between um, both the Tier 3 setups and then the rank limit setups that, you know, we've got all these new modifications all come with their own little uh, uh, own little issues and um, it's important that we, you know, explore every option and hopefully find a, a simple solution. It's never going to be a simple uh, a simple task to, to uh, select dogs, you know, uh, in a competitive manner, but uh, we try our best and look for new opportunities for uh, all of our racing stock. And that's the best that you can do. You've just got to try try and do your best, don't you? So, um, can do. thanks for joining us on the program, Andrew. I hope that's uh, cleared it up for some of the trainers that may be listening, and cleared it up a little bit for myself as well. But of course, there's always information on the website. Thanks, Andrew. No worries, man. Thank you. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Interesting chat there with Andrew Mills, our Chief Grader at GRV. Now, Fast Times of the Week, Simone, what has your uh, iPhone stopwatch found? Oh, plenty again, John. Hit the highway, a 660-metre win in 37 and 69 at Bendigo for Angela Langton. Ashley Terry, burn like fire. I think this greyhound's been mentioned the most number of times in Fast Times. A 23.59 at Bendigo over the 4.25. At Terrelgan over the 3.15, why not Bazza for Greg Carter? around a 17.94. At Warrigal, a 39.04 run for Pepper Shiraz over the 6.80 there for trainer Shane Drummond. Dinah Patty for Andrea Daly uh, ran a 29.80 at the Meadows over the 5.25 and a 29.22 at Sandown over the 5.15. She mm. is uh, a very talented little girl. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very talented. Poke the Bear also ran a 29-22 at Sandown for Shona on Thursday night. That dog is going to win a big race. Long, <laughs> long-term prediction, Melbourne Cup yeah. for Poke All right, the Bear. let's hold there you to go. that. Yeah, there you go. So 14th well, of, of April. And so it's about round about the 14th of November, perhaps. Shona's so listening and saying, don't do that to me, John. No, look, he's a, he's a smart puppy. He's just maturing all the time. He is very, very smart. In the capable hands of Shona, he will be an absolute beaut. Superior Scott, a 3.50 metre win at Healesville in 1908 for Joyce Condon. Mutant, another good run at sale over the 5.20 there for Debbie Coleman in a 29.32. Connor Allen, another exciting pup, a 600 metre win in 34.24 at the Meadows for Mark Delbridge. Michael Carter had a couple of quick runners. Tiempo De Niro, a 4.50 win at Shepparton in 24.94. And also Millet, a 21.95 win in over the 3.90 there. And at Sandown on Thursday night again, Brooke Ennis uh, with Trit Trit and also Windburn Cutie for Cal Greeno over the 5.95 at Sandown 1 in 34 and 14. So some very fast mm. times again. Smart pups. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. As usual, plenty of material to sift through, Simone. There was plenty, John, and uh, no runs at, uh, you know, like group races or anything this week, but mm. I think that track record at Horsham always deserves some sort of credit, so Circus Oasis, a uh, new track record at Horsham. If you can ever run a track record anywhere, you're uh, you're doing a good job. This is uh, Talking Greyhounds on RSN 927, a short break coming up, and uh, then we'll have a chat with Pam Higgins, a very, very interesting story. 
Welcome back to Talking Greyhounds. I have a very interesting story now. I'm joined by Pam Higgins, who, whose pet greyhound actually saved a life a couple of weeks ago. Good morning, Pam. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. And, uh, gee, you've had a, a very, very interesting story and some things happened that uh, probably a bit heart-stopping at the time. But we'll oh, get, it was. <laughs> we'll, oh. Get, we'll get to that in a moment, Pam, but can you just tell us how you came to be involved with having a pet greyhound? Actually, the first greyhound I got was um, to keep my old boy company because his mum died. So I was looking. I didn't know what breed to get. So I don't know, got on to the Greyhound Rescue Victoria. And I got my first one then. That's two years ago. And then the, the Linda is my second one. She came uh, straight from a racing kennel. Um, she was too slow when she was racing. So the trainer put her on one of the websites needing a foster home. So she came to he- to me. I called her Lena because she was so thin at the time. Right, she was probably in racing condition. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to seeing that. No, <laughs> no. Oh. Um, yeah, you see a lot of these pets that have been fed a few too many um, shortbreads, I think, at Christmas time. But uh, yeah, she's probably in good racing condition. But you fell in love with her when you first met her too, didn't you? Oh, look, she looks so unhappy because she had all this uh, racing condition, we call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a foster fail and within half a day I decided to keep her. Oh well, it's a it's a wonderful thing in itself. And mm. now, a few weeks ago, uh, tell us what happened during the night. Well, I'll start a bit earlier. When I first got Lena, she was very timid. She used to hide all the time. Oh, she'd only come out for a feed, and gradually she's got more confidence. And then she and Ron got really attached to each other. And Ron's a, a boarder at your place, is that correct? Oh, we share the house here, boarder will do whatever. Right, right. Yes. So they, the dog and he were very attached. And during the night we'd both gone to our beds and the dog's gone to bed. Um, and I heard this weird sound and I couldn't figure it out. Like my Lena was whimpering and I thought, oh my gosh. So I called her and called her and she wouldn't come in. So I thought, oh, I better go get up. Maybe she's done something and she can't get inside. And I was going out to check on her. There she was standing next to Ron who had collapsed on the floor. Wow. So he'd got out of bed during the night and collapsed. Yes. And Lena alerted you to that. Yes. Wow, wow. Ah, oh, she was just whimpering, standing next to him and whimpering, whimpering. Mm. Right, so you would have had to have called an ambulance immediately, I guess, and it would have been a lot of panicking going on. Just a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. But, you know, without her alerting me, I don't think Ron would have survived the night. No, so the ambulance came, um, took Ron to hospital, and did he spend a few days in there? Nearly two weeks. Oh, wow. Goodness. Because, I don't know, they're not really sure what happened and they put it down to a chronic asthma attack. Right, right. He was fine for a few days and then his breathing got really bad again. So they had to put him in an induced sleep. Right. Mm. 
So do you think it's like a sixth sense that the greyhound had, that uh, she just sensed that, that something wasn't right? Yes, definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, mm. you do read and hear stories about dogs that, you know, are trained to dial triple zero on telephones if their owner is having a fit or something like that. So to think that a greyhound that um, was a failure on the track and you were a foster failure has, um, you know, saved a life, really, when she she sure has. Um, oh, it's totally amazing. It mm. is. It's a, it's a wonderful story. Mm-hmm. So how's Lena now at home? Is she just back into normal life? Oh, yeah. It meant nothing to her. Right. <laughs> but she and the other one, Princess, they kept, when Rum was in hospital, they'd just walk into his room, oh, not there, and walk out again. Right. But now mm. that he's home, oh, my gosh, they're doing zoomies, leaping on off his bed. <laughs> this is real bonds. These greyhounds are amazing as pets. Oh, they sure are. You don't need to tell me that. I've known that for a long, long time. Oh, there you go. Mm. They, they certainly are. So I, I guess she's had a few extra pats from Ron. Oh, yes, and we're going to the shop shortly he wants to buy them all sorts of goodies and goodies mm. right and, how, and how's ron going he's home from hospital now isn't he yes 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 he seems fit and well but he's still got some sort of thing in his chest that they're going to in, in his lung that they're going to investigate at the longest later stage yep. mm. right oh well it sounds like um you know, you need to have that dog around him and just to alert you if ever anything else does go wrong. But fingers crossed, that's um, that's mm. the worst of what's ever going to happen. But, gee, what a remarkable greyhound. Um, oh, yes, remarkable. fantastic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just We know this about dogs, don't we? But when these things actually happen, it's sometimes yeah, a bit hard right. to comprehend. You yeah, you wouldn't expect it from a greyhound who knew nothing about home life no. before coming here. No. Just a remarkable change for her. Mm. Yeah, well, it must have been one of those things. She was um, a slow racer for a purpose because <laughs> she was yes. determined to be a pet and a lifesaver. Pam, it's mm. been a wonderful story. Um, I know you made the, the Berwick paper um, and yep. there has been some, you know, stories. It was, has happened, like I say, a few weeks ago. But we really appreciate you coming on the show this morning and telling us about it and just getting that message out about what wonderful pets they are. No, that's a pleasure. Look, I love my dog, Greyhounds, so it's sort of mm, an addiction now, I think. <laughs> well, join the club. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm. Thank you very much, Pam, for joining us this morning on Talking Greyhounds. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for and, having me. And give mm. Lena a big pat for us. Oh, shall do. All Greyhounds, every Saturday across Victoria. RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. A super little story, that uh, nice human interest. All right, Simone, what's your uh, dog to follow this weekend? My dog to follow this week, John, is Connor Allen. He led all the way to win at the Meadows at only his fourth start over the 600 metres there in that 34-25 time. He's engaged again tonight at the Meadows box, Box 2 in the restricted win final. So I think we can expect... Big things from him. I think he might be doing LAW again tonight from the two, unless there's a seismic shift. What about a best bet, Simone? Uh, race six, number seven tonight at the Meadows. Mossimo Bailey's down from a free-for-all grade to a mixed fourth and fifth grade. He has won four from box seven. Uh, it's not the ideal draw, but he's a very talented chaser. Okay, race six, number seven, Mossimo Bale in the FFA uh, tonight at the Meadows. That's race six, number seven, the Black. What is on this weekend? 
Obviously, the Perth Cup and Galaxy Heats tonight. Uh, next week, Saturday, Shepparton are holding their annual Greyhound of the Year night, and mm-hmm. um, I have the privilege of... Are you of hosting, are you? Hosting again. They're very good to me, Shepparton. They've had me there, I think, four or five years. They're glammed up. I love it. They're glammed up? Yeah, a bit of a change from the norm. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no boots and jeans and, uh, and picking up dog poop? Uh, you're one of those lucky people that never sees me looking that bad. <laughs> Can't say the same for some of my fellow dog trainers. Oh, that'll be a good night uh, next uh, Saturday night at Shepparton. They do a good job, the crew up there. They sure do. And the Nationwide Gap Adoption Day, of course, on the 29th of April out at the Meadows. So looking with Todd. forward to that with Todd McKinney. That's a, that's a really good move because we, we need to get the message out to the wider community about how good this sport is. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. And it's not just about gap. It's Correct. about the wider... It's about the, everything. It is about everything. Well played, Simone. You have a good weekend. You too, John. In the meantime, you keep those tails wagging. A short break coming up here on RSN 927. The other side of this, we'll talk trots with the boys who are up in Mildura for the big Mildura Pacing Cup. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.